are live. Hello to all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land. And welcome to another exciting episode of Knights of Pain Town, a City of Miss actual play podcast. I am your lovely master of ceremonies, Mikey. You can follow me on my personal social medias at Pop Culture Geek, but you can also collectively follow everyone here at Vibe Tribe Productions on the social medias as well. Make sure to stay up to date with everything because we got some exciting announcements coming in the next few weeks. So you're going to want to give us a follow in order to see what those are. As always, I am joined by my lovely riffs for this amazing game. So we're going to go around and do some introductions real quick, and then we're going to jump into tonight's episode proper. Okay, so eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Echo, my dear friend, you will be the first to go. Hi, everyone. I'm Echo. Rare, the rarest thing for this, for me, if you know me, I'm going to sponsor someone because they do good work. I, my, my brother enjoyed this project. I enjoyed the project. I gave Mikey one of their, one of their pr- products as well. I would like to sponsor... Aura's Creations, A H U R A S Creations. I, I'm terrible with names. I will. They say they're on Etsy. I believe recently they're getting off Etsy, but I could be wrong. Yep. Just find Aura's Creations. They make great dice. They even make tables. I was not expecting to find a dice table at a con. So. Also, sponsoring another one because Emberwind. It's a new RPG. Try it out. I believe that is all my sponsorships. So now back to normal. Oh, wait, one more thing. Sorry. Legend of the Arch Vegas. Great books. Listen to them. Two books per publisher pack on Audible. Now, back to the main thing. Hi, everyone. I'm Echo. I play Corey O'Reilly. I have. The Mythos of Dad. You should all know this. You've been here for 16 episodes. Okay? Okay. I pass it on. Very nicely. And of course, last but certainly not least, is the one and only Josh. Guten Tag und hallo allerseits. Yes, it is once again time to listen to the dulcet tones of your favorite hunk of hunk of German love, Friedrich Krupp of the San Francisco Police Department. And, of course, I'm not alone, because I also have my wonderful canine companion, also my Mythos, Cerberus. Oh, my goodness. I'm like that. somebody I don't have sponsors yet. Hey, I can get paid. I'm doing it for free. Yeah, they're more like shout-outs than sponsorships, because sponsorships means they be giving uh, I, us money. Okay, uh, okay, okay, I may have used the wrong terms, but they're still great. Oh, no, for sure. We love creative people and we always want to shout out like people who do excellent work that keep this hobby going. So that's a cool. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. I'm happy to have both of you here. Tonight's going to be very fun because we get to do like an in-between. But before we jump into the recap, I do need to do a little housekeeping over the airwaves. As you may have noticed, we are down one player. Our lovely player, Wes, who has graced us by bringing to life the character of Mac, who is the rift of Sarah Nunos. 
had to unfortunately step away from the podcast due to some life events that are going on. But the door is open for him to return if he wishes down the line. But I would like to take this time to thank him for his time and effort and bringing the laughs, tears and joy to this podcast. And buddy, I hope to see you down the line very shortly. Same here. Yes, we have some cookies set aside for you. Oh hell yes, we got some cookies set aside. It's great. Uh, I'll get the fit. I'll get the drama prepared for what you're back. Oh my goodness, but yeah. So we wish him all the best, and we hope to hear and see from him very soon because the door is always open here at Knights of Pain Town. But with all the housekeeping out of the way, let's jump into a quick recap, and then we're gonna pick up with some very fun times. So last time on Knights of Pain Town. You guys were continuing your investigation into the automobile accident, which resulted into the death of a one Mr. David Guyen. You guys made your way to Shinobi Sushi as well as the diner next door. And after gaining some information and interviewing some of the key witnesses, you guys learned that David had been harassing, as the nice way of putting it, a local couple within the diner and you guys decided to follow that lead back to the apartment complex of one said couple as you guys approached the apartment door and knocked it on the door you come to find that your lead has actually been missing her wife and has asked you guys to see if you were here to investigate her disappearance and upon questioning things got a little hectic there may or may not have been a lipstick that had been licked. There was a, oh yeah, that's the more accurate term. Eight greed lipstick, which wasn't poisonous that we came to learn. But things got a little hairy and the gang got promptly booted out of the apartment where Corey and Officer Dawes had a brief change, which kind of created some harmony within the group. So Figuring that it was a good place to call it for the day. Everyone kind of went their separate ways. Corey ended up going back home for a little bit to his daughters. Whereas our good old hunk of hunk of German love over here and Officer Quinn tried to persuade Officer Dawes to join them for a night out to have some drinks and some camaraderie. But she decided that she wasn't up for it and got into her car and went to go home. And that is where we're going to pick up today. So tonight is going to be very special because once again, we're going to get a glimpse into the lives of our riffs. We're going to take see what they're up to for the night. And then we're going to do a little bit of what their morning looks like before hopping back into everything that's going on. So. We're going to actually start with Corey tonight. Yeah. Corey, where we last left you, you made sure you were on your way back to the house where your daughters were waiting for you for your arrival. And we left you entering the house. And that's where we're going to pick up. So, Corey, you enter the house. It's a kind of like late afternoon early evening so somewhere around 4 35 o'clock p.m and you kind of walk in the door and you know your routine pretty much by now usually this is when you start prepping dinner for you and the girls especially yeah. since it's your night to cook you know what i'm gonna let you narrate this little portion 
I take it away. Corey usually would go all out if he had the day off. Sadly, his time was taken up today. So he's going to pull out some sub, like bread that you use to make subs. He's going to pull out the frozen meatballs. He's going to grab the salsa, grab the cheese. And he's going to make meatball subs for tonight. And he's going to cook them in the oven. Because that's how you properly do it. You animals. Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) Alrighty. And as he does this, he's going to ask Alexa to play music. Let's see what comes up. Okay. Do give me a second, people. I'm sorry. I should have (laughs) this app open, but... It's all good. So for the listening audience, Corey is looking at this. So Corey made a playlist for all for this game. And so for his Alexa playlist, he's going to roll the dice and whatever pops up is what's going to be playing on. Oh, my God. So, Corey, what has Alexa brought up to start playing while you are cooking up? It is the prologue, the song before the actual musical of Joshua and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was, let me put it this way, it, right above it is King of New York from Newsies. Oh, uh, that is brilliant. I really thought, I was like, I thought that one was going to be it, but nope. We got the prologue, people. Sweet. So the prologue starts playing over Alexa's speakers, and Corey, you're just continuing to prep for dinner. Now, Corey, As you are prepping for dinner, you get a notification on your phone. So as you take a look at the notification. Now, you have no recollection as to making an account for plenty of riffs, but you get a (laughs) notification. You get a notification from the dating app and on your lock screen, it says one match. So and so has favored you in the same room currently they're both upstairs at the moment they know and it's not a bad thing but they know when Corey's in the kitchen that is his domain and so they know to stay out of the way as you prep dinner because it's not just about prepping dinner it's an art form yes it is to cook to cook great meals sure you could just put some in a crock pot and wait but to make that good you still need help throughout the day to make sure it's great oh yes so yeah. Here as a mom who does that. Yeah, I found that the hard way. So yeah, so you have the notification on your phone. He's going to text the girls to come down as he's cooking. Okay. So yeah, so you call Winnie and Eowyn down to the kitchen. So they both come running down, not really pushing each other as they're running down the stairs, but trying to be the first ones to the high like bar tabletop and they just sit and they're waiting in eager anticipation. So do either of you know why I have this interesting account called plenty of riffs? So they both look at each other and then they look at you and Winnie goes, no, I don't have a clue. And Eowyn's like, yeah, me neither. You are just as mischievous as me sometimes. 
We have no idea what you're talking about, Dad. Sure. As he's actually going to look at the match in the app. Okay, so you're going to open the app and then take a look at your match? Yes. Okay, cool. And he's going to take a look at his description as well. Okay, so here's how we'll do this. So we'll say that you take a look at the description first, and then we will get into your match. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. So as you open the Plenty of Riffs app, geez, Louise, I can't believe we're bringing this back. It's so good. I did did not think you would do it, but you did. Listen, it was something we created together and I'm abuse it uh, until the wheels fall off. This is going to be fun. But as you take a look at the description in Plenty of Riffs, somehow your profile picture is actually pretty decent. It is a picture of Corey. Though you could tell that this was Corey when he was in his prime, maybe 10 years ago, so to speak. Oh, I thought it was still in my prime, but ow. If you want. okay, let me redact that. So it's a picture of Corey, what he currently looks like, and he's still looking like he's in his prime. But you could start to see in the profile picture, just like in real life, you could start to see a little bit of the gray start to come in a little bit because Corey's still in his prime, but he is getting a little on the older side. Listen, yep. years of mob business will do that to you. It will do that to anyone. <laughs> exactly. And as you take a look through the description, you could tell that this was not a bio that would be written by an adult, but it's not extremely childish either. I think what stands out to you most is this description goes through the basics. Obviously, it doesn't mention what you used to do in your line of work. But the description of your profile says things like great at cooking, like works like owns a business, which is technically true because it's the bar business, things like that. What sticks out to you, though, is as you're reading this description, it's not so much that it was written by teenagers, but you could tell it was written by teenagers because of the fact that there are some grammatical errors and some punctuation marks that are completely off. (laughs) And then towards one of the end of the sentence, for some reason, it ends with the sentence with LOL in all caps. <laughs> he just looks at him. Yes, clearly I did all this. So the girls are just like looking away, like whistling. Yes, I am clearly <laughs> the greatest criminal mastermind and I plan this all out. But, oh, uh, my goodness. Let's see the match. All right. So you take a look at your match. There is only one. And. It says the name. It says that you have one match. And when you click on it, you get the name of somebody named Catherine Dulty as your match. Catherine Dulty? Uh, he's, he sizes he's going to accept it. And he looks at them. If you do this again, I will remember. I will. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you take a look at Catherine's profile. Obviously, the first thing that you see is the picture that she uses for her profile. So she has like a light auburn colored hair and she's light brown kind of complexion. And she has what does strike you, though, is that she has these nice golden like mixture of gold and hazel light eyes. Very pretty. And underneath her profile, it gives her a description that she is a, a school teacher and she the typical stuff in a dating profile. She likes long, like long walks on the beach. She loves 
a person who can cook and she also loves to cook for them as well. She also enjoys musical theater and things like that. (laughs) So the basics, you find the interest in hobbies. And so as you're taking a look at the match, you get a message on the app from Catherine. It says, oh, you viewed my profile. How you doing, cutie? And then the winky face emoji. As Corey, the man who's not very used to dating anymore, says, I'm doing well today, my lady. Trying to be gentlemanly. He's trying stuff. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, I love this is so adorable. I love it. As like an but, actual guy who hasn't who's, who's still text dating somebody. I don't know what I'm doing either. So experience. We love it. Alrighty though. So as you send the reply, like immediately you get a response back and it says, Ooh, the text says, Ooh, milady. I was like very gentlemanly of you. I have to do it in my line of work. Yep. So I'll say for the sake of it, you guys go back and forth a little bit on the messages for a little bit. Corey's continue finishing up cooking as well. Yeah. So I'll say your task, you're working on two different tasks here. Like you'll text and then you'll, continue to get dinner ready and then text again and just go back and forth until eventually you get dinner ready for you and your girls. And then the mess, a message from Catherine says is, I know it's kind of last minute, but if you're available tonight, do you want to check out the local theater in the park series that's going on? Corey is like split at the current moment. He, he would like to see it, but he's going to ask if he could, bring his daughters with him you know it's for him this is the night for the daughters as well this is supposed to be a night for the daughters he was not expecting this so as you send that text Catherine replies back and says is oh you have two daughters i didn't know of course they can come the more the merrier i say as he texts i'll be there all righty and then Catherine texts you back over the app it says be there let's see be there about 8 p.m i will be waiting by the entrance of the theater and you'll just use my profile picture to help you find me and then she says i'll see you there and sends like a kissy face emoji Corey, first time using an emoji he sends a smiley face back uh, i don't understand this lingo but it works apparently <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah, so you put down your phone and the girls are kind of like looking at you eagerly and excited as like their mouths are also full of the meatball subs that you made. We're going to, we're going to the theater. Expecting <gasps> this development. Yeah. As the girls get all excited is just so where are we going to go watch the theater at? It was at the park, right? Out of character. Yeah. It was at the park. It It's at the park. And they both get excited. And before you can say anything else, Corey, they just both like after finishing their food, they they're like, OK, bye. And they go upstairs and, be, and you can hear them rummaging through their closet to figure out what they're going to wear. And as Corey's going to going to go to his room again to a nicer suit. So the Corey, as you're getting into the suits and you're. Actually, let me ask this out of let me ask this out of character question. How long has it been since Corey has actually gussied up for a nice night out? 
like a fancier suit and everything. The works that Corey's going through right now. I'm going to say the last time he like got that much dressed up it was for St. Paddy's Day for would for when he was at the party with the mobsters or that that was the last time he got gossy up. And that okay. was several months ago at this point. I don't know what the timeline is in this. I don't know if it's spooky season there or not. That's why I'm trying to figure this out. Okay, I will say that in game it is currently it's currently like August. It's starting to get into September towards the fall because usually you guys just went to Mrs. Yu's potluck, which is usually like towards the tail end of the summer season, so to speak. So that's why you got to make sure. So, yeah, for a couple of months ago. OK, yeah, for St. So for St. Patty's Day. But let me ask the deeper question. How long has it been since Corey has dressed up for any kind of formal date, like soiree, whatever you want to call it. Because I think it's been quite a while. Years. This, let me put it this way. If the Dars didn't do this, Car would, would still be fine being single. So this is just like, this was random, not expecting it. So he's trying so yeah, years. Okay. Good to know. So, Corey, as you are getting dressed and you're laying out the suit, finding a tie that matches, doing the works, getting the clothes on, fixing your hair, brushing your teeth, all that good stuff. As you don the last part of your suit by finishing, by tightening the tie, so to speak, this throughout this whole entire process, you just metaphorically speaking, not literally, but you, you swear you can hear your wife through every step of the way. And you hear bits and pieces of a long gone era, things like the green tie looks good, don't you? And other things just, oh, don't you look handsome in that suit? And Cor kind of Corey is trying his best to stop the tears. And as you look at yourself in the mirror, as you finish up tying your tie, you're caught. You might catch yourself in a brief moment where as you look up at yourself, Echoing in the back of your mind, once again, you hear the voice of your deceased wife and says, I look at you as I look in as sharp as ever. And you know what, Corey? For such a hard killer, you clean up very nicely. And I knew underneath there was a very soft man. As never forget that. He smiles slightly saying, because I haven't been here too long. And so as you're continuing to look at your reflection in the mirror, your daughters come in and they're like, Dad, are you ready to go? As they both give you a kind of not a worried look, but they giving you and be like, hey, are you OK? Kind of look as they see you trying to fight back the tears. Yeah, I'm fine. As he like slowly, slowly like wipes away with his finger. The condensation that formed. Let's go. So the girls excitedly head down the stairs and out the door to your car. And, and you uh -huh, go this, ahead. The song that starts playing as Corey leaves is Nails and Kneecaps starts playing in the background. As, <laughs> and as the song ends, uh, uh, let's see. I. 
as that song ends, I'm going to be somewhat evil to myself. What new Pussycat starts playing? Oh, no. I could not think of a better, like, song. I'm sorry, people. We love it. Oh, my goodness. We love it. But yeah, so as you and the girls get in the car and the song begins to play and all that good stuff, you begin driving to the park, headed off to whatever this date and adventure is going to lead you to it. All righty. So we're going to jump over a little bit. So we're going to jump over to our hunk of German love. So Friedrich. We find you currently walking with Officer Quinn as the two of you are headed to one of the local kind of dive bars, so to speak, where you guys hang out after work. So as you guys, you're in your civilian clothes now, so you clocked out for the day, so you're in your civilian clothes. And the two of you walk into your local dive bar called The Siren. So The Siren is your local dive bar near the precinct as you guys go in. As you walk in, you see other police officers from your precinct and some other precincts around the city as well. So this has become the spot for like the local police bar, so to speak. It's It has that vintage 1940s like brick and mortar speakeasy type of feel. It's playing some nice like slow temple jazz music. Like the bartenders are dressed like the guys are dressed up like in the typical white shirt, suspenders, black pants and kind of newspaper boy cap going on. The females are dressed in like flapper dresses, like pinned to the golds with like pearls and things like that. It's very atmospheric. And as the two of you sit in kind of usual spot in the booth, like hanging out in the corner, the bartender without even saying a word she comes up to you and says ah if it isn't my two favorite patrons how you doing lovers what can i get you tonight uh scotland's a rocks for me as usual and uh, when just the beer as usual oh yeah the beer is just fine thank you i certainly love so i'll go get that right now and be out in a jiffy and she just hurriedly walks back to the bar and begins to make sure get your drinks going a few moments pass and Officer Quinn is just bobbing his head slowly to the music and without kind of breaking eye contact of looking over the atmosphere, speaks up and says, I'm not going to lie to you, Friedrich. It's kind of weird not having Dawes here with us right now. Yeah, I know what you mean, but she's her own person. She, she didn't feel like going out with us today. I am worried about her, though. I am, too. I am, too. And he plays with the table. So, I'm just going to come out and say it. Do you know anything about any type of prior history that Dawes may have with Mr. O'Reilly? I've known her as long as I've known you, but honestly, no. Yeah. I don't know why she... And you know her. She doesn't just blow up like that. Something's really eating at her. Yeah. I just don't know anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely sure anymore myself. I'm worried, if I'm being completely honest, not just for Dawes, but funny enough, I'm worried about Mr. O'Reilly as well. I sense a lot of hurt between the two of them. You've noticed that too, huh? 
I knew that they didn't really necessarily like each other, but I kind of just chalked it up to ex-mobster, current cop. We got to do things by the book versus doing things off the record, so to speak, yada, yada, yada. But back at the apartment complex, man, I don't know, Friedrich, something. There's that was just entirely. And he decides, yeah, I don't know. And Quinn just looks down at the table. So, Friedrich, you've known Quinn and Dawes for a very long time, and you've gotten a sense of their personalities over the last couple of years. Shoot, the three of you are pretty much like siblings since all of you guys went to the academy together, are at the same station, have solved many a case together. Like, the three of you are as thick as thieves. And when one person worries, the other two are there to cheer them up and to make them feel better. You have been on the receiving end of this for a lot of this as well. But for the first time in quite a long time, that it's not just worry that kind of crosses Officer Quinn's face. But you can see an uneasiness and nervousness as you see him begin to physically start to... You could see his in his facial expressions, him to start to analyze over and over again the situation that's going on. And this is Quinn's biggest fault that you have come to learn. He's a very smart individual. He's very good with technology. But his biggest problem is that he overanalyzes the situation and starts to take in all the things that are going on and put it on his shoulders, so to speak. So you can see that in his head and in his facial expressions that he's trying to he's replaying what happened and going over if there were things he could have did differently to prevent what had happened with that fight, with that blow up, with everybody getting kicked out of the apartment, all that good stuff. Okay, I'm sure everyone knows what I mean when I say a gib smack. But for this, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to be calling it a crop smack. Yes. I'm just going to smack him upside the head and be like, hey, you're overanalyzing again. Oh, sorry, Friedrich. After I say this, I reach into my my inner jacket pocket and I pull out a silver tin that is actually like a cigarette box. Mm -hmm. But of course, Krupp being German, when he pops it open, it's not cigarettes. It's those little cigars. So Mm -hmm. I pull out one. I put one in my mouth. And then I reach the 10 over to Quinn, and I say, I know you're not a smoker, but hey, you need to try to relax. You're going to give yourself a stroke. And I just hold it there in front of him until he takes one of those cigars. Good. But you've done this many of the times before, so Quinn just takes the cigar. Obviously, he doesn't light it, but he takes it because you've he knows And so he takes it and then gently puts it on the table and just looks at you and says, I'm sorry, still working on that. I don't look, I don't say anything. I just look at him and I just raise one eyebrow. You know how it is, Friedrich. I I can't help it. I tend to overanalyze everything to a fault, especially when it comes to my friends. I'm just wondering if there was anything that I don't know. That I could have done to prevent that, and I should have seen it. We've known Dawes forever, and it bothers me that I didn't see all that hurt before. As he looks down at the table, slowly a expression of kind of dejection kind of crosses over his face. My friend, 
I know how you feel. I feel like there's a lot of things that I could have done as well. But as cliche as it sounds, but what's done is done. And tell you what, in the morning, we'll go and we'll give her a call. And maybe we'll drive down to her apartment. Check on her tomorrow. But for tonight, I'd like you to try to relax. Because I'm not joking. You're going to give yourself a stroke if you keep varying too much. <laughs> you will at least try. You're right. I'll definitely give it a try. And Quinn just waves down the bartender. It's Miss Bartender. You can forego the beer. I will take a... You know what? Let's... It's that kind of night, I guess. I'll have a hurricane, please. And the bartender, she just raises an eyebrow and a smile creases her face. Says, oh, you got it, hun. And she rushes back to the bar and starts, Friedrich, you see her kind of like in a typical kind of a tall glass, so to speak. You just see this bartender throw in what looks to be an unhealthy amount of alcohol that shouldn't go together. And then as she pours in like the flavoring mix liquid into it, it starts to turn an unhinged blue. So for the listening audience and for my players, there is an actual drink called the Hurricane, which is now known as an adios motherfucker, which is basically all the alcohol you can think of in one drink that can basically get you drunk and wipe your memory of everything that happened the night before because of how much alcohol content is in this drink. Okay, why the name change? I don't know the whole history behind the name change, but it's the same thing. I think, if I remember correctly, they renamed it from the Hurricane because, yeah, Hurricane doesn't sound great. So an adios motherfucker is more fun that way. I don't know the whole history. I'm going to look it up. For me, at least, it sounds like hurricane sounds like the correct name for that because that's what's doing to your body. It's a hurricane. But adios, motherfucker, sounds like that you base the drink off of Die Hard. I also could see where adios, motherfucker, works because it's just adios, motherfucker, means that you like Die Hard, you're about to kill something, so you're going to kill your memory for the next couple hours with this drink. Or you can uh, call it like the trash can because that's where your face is going to end up after consuming all that alcohol. Listen, there is one called the trash can, but that's going to be an after. That's going to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Anywho, nah, so you look at what Quinn. about David Martinez? Oh my gosh. All right. So we'll talk more afterwards. But Friedrich, you know, the last time that Gwen had an adios motherfucker night. You and Dawes ran around. The last time he asked for an audio's motherfucker was when you guys just had finished graduating the academy and y'all went to go celebrate. And let's just say after he had the audio's motherfucker, the three of you almost didn't even make it to your first day on the job because of the shenanigans that happened afterwards throughout the night. I don't know Thanks what you're talking about. I don't remember that much as that night. So, yeah, so you barely remember a lot, but yeah, you the three of you barely made it to your made it to the first day on the job and opening ceremonies <laughs> the next day. But somehow y'all made it. But yeah, so you just look at it. and You're like, ah, like literally it's like the Grand Theft Auto meme is like, ah, shit, here we go. <laughs> here we go again. Oh, my goodness. 
So we're going to come back to you, Friedrich, in a little bit, but we're going to hop over to the park real quick. So, Corey, you and the girls managed to make your way to the park, and it's a little bit 745, about 15 minutes before you are to meet with Catherine. So you and the girls make your way through the entrance of the park, and you it only takes you a couple minutes before you find the amphitheater in the park to kind of give a perspective. I live in Southern California, so there, I live basically in Concert Central with the cities of Los Angeles and all that stuff. There's a particular concert venue in California known as... Well, actually, no. It's actually in Washington, so it is known as The Gorge. So The Gorge is a amphitheater-like structure that is on the edge of basically a ravine or a gorge. So the mountains behind it are there. There's also a mixture of the Red Rocks out in the Midwest. So Red Rocks is a cool venue. So it's kind of that setting. It's like the stage is at the very bottom of the amphitheater surrounded by the mountains and things like that. But of course, you know, it's a park. So take it for what you will. But Corey, as you're making your way with your daughters, you're surveying everything that is going to be a off. I don't want to say Broadway because it's not set in New York, but it's like an off stage production of the Adams family for some reason that's going on tonight. Oh, oh my God. We're going to hear. Can't we just talk about. No, I, give me a second. I know what the song's called. I just can't remember <laughs> the actual title. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think I have hit Echo's like favorite part of this episode so far now. <laughs> Let's see. Let me go on Twisted Goosebumps. Do do. I could have sworn that I put it in if I did. Do this is yeah. Can't I believe it's called? We can't we just talk about love? But as family, I want to get this right. I'm sorry, people. All right. So while you look this up, let me paint a picture of what is going down. So as you as you kind of are taking a look at this amphitheater, obviously it is off stage version of the Adams family <laughs> going on tonight. The girls are all excited because it is one of their favorite musicals, so to speak, that they've fallen in love recently. But then again, they change their mind like every other day because you keep introducing like really cool musicals to them. And the crowds are beginning to fill the seats and all that kind of stuff. And as you are looking your way around, you remember that you are going to you are going to use the profile picture to help you out to look for Catherine. Yes, just, and I was right. It's let's not talk about anything else but love. That is the actual name of the song. It's a great song. It's what <laughs> actually helped me find out that there's an Adams Family musical. Nice. So, as you, Corey, you're holding your cell phone, looking around, like back and forth between it. It takes you a few moments, but you are able to spot Catherine in the distance, so to speak. So I'm going to this is bad podcasting, but for reference, I'm going to post a picture up in the commentary of some art of Catherine that and give you this description. So as you take a look, you see this woman dressed plainly in a 
eh, I want to say like a blue, like sleeveless shirt and some brown pants. She has very long, fiery red hair. Now, obviously, your pro- the profile picture is a little different than <laughs> what you're seeing in front. But the facial features are pretty much the same, though. And she turns around looking at her phone and sees you and is like, ah, there's my mystery man. Mr. O'Reilly, I presume. And she puts out her hand. O'Reilly shakes it. (laughs) That is is correct, my lady. Catherine Dooley, at your service. And she kind of gives you a smile. It's a pleasure to meet you, Catherine. (laughs) Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, I appreciate you coming out on such short notice. And my, my. You are dressed to the tees, good sir. And she just smiles as she eyes you up and down with your current outfit. I have to be, especially for meeting in person. And she just smiles at you and says, "Ooh, if I knew I was going to, if I knew I was going to be meeting someone such so dapper, I would have dressed up a little bit myself. But neither here nor there. And... As she says this, Catherine kind of peeks behind you. And these must be your daughters, I presume. Oh, and she kneels down the way that a teacher does to like an elementary schooler, like to meet them on their eye level. And says, hello, loves. My name is Catherine. It's a pleasure to meet the two of you. And she puts out both of her hands, one for each of the girls. And the girls excitedly shake Catherine's hand. Ooh, mighty strong grip there you got. And she stands back up and says, then the show's about to start in a little bit. Shall we find our seats? We shall. So the four of you find your way to your seats. Uh, Catherine was nice enough to get the tickets for all of you. And you guys have some pretty good seats. You're not like right in the front of the stage, but you're like within the first kind of five rows. And so like you have a nice view of everything. Obviously, the backdrop of the stage is all decked out, like with the interior of the Adams family living room and the rest of the manor. It's some great stuff. And of course, over the loudspeakers, they play an instrumental version of the Adams family theme song, like to welcome everyone to get them in their seats. And the show will start in a couple minutes, yada, yada, yada. So as the four of you sit in your seats, the girls are just talking amongst themselves and they're looking at the stage and things like that. And you find yourself sitting between your girls and Catherine. So it goes Catherine, you and then your two girls to your immediate left. And so Catherine just looks at you, Corey, and just says, I take it you haven't done this in quite a while. Yep. Don't be nervous, love. It's trust me, it's been a while for me, too, but I figure it doesn't hurt to go back out and try to see what other adventures are out there for me. I understand that completely. To, to, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have actually made an account, I'm, if I'm being completely honest. But I'm glad that I did. <laughs> I'm actually- I kind of figured that you weren't the one who made the account, given some of the grammatical things that were part of that. But and she looks over to the girls who are still like in awe of the stage and just taking it in and says, I what what I would take to be young again and be up to the mischievous trouble that they are. Oh, trust me, I know how that is. 
I'm kind of glad that I left part of that, that of myself, that part of myself behind a little bit. Well, you say that you left part of yourself behind. <laughs> what did you do before? Everyone has their bad boy phases. We all do. I had mine for a slight time. I, though, that part of me, I choose not to go back to. Ah, I see. So you were a bad boy once. Interesting. Well, like you said, everyone has their bad boy phase, and I had a bad girl phase myself. But then I found my passion. I became a teacher. My, my methods are a little unorthodox, so to speak. But... Everyone has uh, unorthodox methods to anything they do. Oh, yeah. And you could tell that she's... Catherine's trying to make small talk with you, but she's just as nervous and out of place as you are. So that's something that the two of you have in common, is that she's a little more outgoing, but you could tell that she's trying to make some casual talk. And after a brief moment of awkward silence, she says, she just lets out a little bit of a chuckle and says, we're both not really good at this, are we? Oh, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) And she kind of lets out a hearty laugh and just says, oh, my goodness, it's been years. And she looks at you, Corey, and says, hey, I will say not bad for a first date. We already have something in common. We're both bad at dating. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and she kind of, and the two of you begin to open up a little bit and you talk about like how awkward it is. You both share your stories about how long it's been since you're dating. And then you guys find yourself finding common ground in some things. Now, granted, Corey, I'm pretty sure you don't give the full extent of your background to her. So Catherine doesn't know about. And I will say up front as the DM, Catherine has not. She's not the type of person who would have heard your name around town. So she has no idea who you are, what you represent, what you did, all that stuff. So she is not privy to any of that, just as to be clear. (laughs) And the two of you continue to have this conversation. And then after a brief few moments, the lights begin to dim as the announcer on the PA system is like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to begin and then goes over like the typical stuff you hear in a musical theater production. It's like no cell phones, no flash photography, yada, yada. And as this is going on, Catherine just looks at you, Corey, and just says, then we'll talk more after the show. But oh, yeah. And so the with that, the show begins promptly. The opening number begins and you, Corey, along with Catherine and the girls begin to enjoy the offstage version of the Adams Family. <laughs> <laughs>